Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. On today's show, we revisit a career-changing year for Captain Courageous, Kimball Walker. And we are putting a bow on the season that was, plus the one thing that we want to see this Hornets team do this summer. We still talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked locked on Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets on this Wednesday. Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at SeatGeek. Use our promo code LOHORNETS on the easy and free SeatGeek app to get $20 off your first purchase. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Was it all a dream, Doug? Was it Was it real? Oh, it was definitely real. I think it was the <laughs> okay. realest thing we've seen in Hornets basketball uh, in a long time. In fact, um, I think we got brought back to reality after that magical playoff season um, uh. last season. Or I guess now... This season is last season. Oh, no, I've confused myself. <laughs> Don't start time traveling on me too soon. All right, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. David, I bit, I bit my tongue uh, the other day, and it is, it is killing me. So you're going to you. you're gonna have to bear with me. I'm glad this happened at the end of the season and not the— <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the season. But we've got a great show ahead despite that. We're going to be talking all about Captain Courageous. Captain Courageous! Kimba Walker. He is the first in line because he is the captain in our uh, season recaps of every single player, even the ones that left, even Roy Hibbert, even Spencer Hawes. We're going over them all. Plus, uh, we'll recap Steve Clifford's season. And I guess, I mean, I kind of had Rich Cho slated for later, David, but I, we sort of already did him. Maybe we'll just we'll just replay it later. Yeah, yeah, we, we covered him. You know, maybe there's some more stuff to dig up, but I feel like we gave him his, his due, his fair attention. Before we get to Kemba, uh, let's uh, – the Hornets obviously lost big to the Atlanta Hawks to close out the season <laughs> last night. Yeah, I mean, that's obvious. Um, any thoughts, David, from that game? Uh, before we sort of put a bow on this season? No, I think everyone involved with it, watching it, playing it, refereeing it, officiating it, uh, wanted it to end as soon as possible, and right. and thus was the result. So it's over now. Shall We shall never speak of it again. Okay, well, let's speak of this season. So, I mean, the word that is being most often used to describe this season is disappointing. But, David, I, I don't think that it's disappointing in the sense that they didn't make the playoffs. Obviously, that's 
not what they you know wanted to happen. The plan was to make the playoffs. The plan overall is to win a playoff series. That's been the goal for several years now. So that's obviously disappointing. But I think it's most disappointing in the sense that for the first time in several years, the Hornets did not max out their efforts. They didn't max out their potential. They didn't max out their intensity. Even in year one of the Hornets, which was not a playoff season, I felt like that team was doing everything they could to overcome some really tough injury luck, some off-season signings that weren't going well, and they stayed in the playoff hunt despite having no business doing so. Um, this team, yeah. uh, despite all the bench issues, could have been in the playoff hunt but made ridiculous mistakes late in games, refused to play defense for stretches of games, and didn't seem like they fully bought into what Steve Clifford was trying to sell. Am I sort? Am I on base? Yeah, it's kind of weird because a lot of the same players, right? A lot of certainly the same leadership, and the production on face value alone um, was kind of the same across the board uh, for for a lot of guys. Like Nick Batum, you know, his scoring average actually went up, um, but there were so many big mistakes in key moments, um, and. Not specific, not just Batum, but I mean, certainly those are some of the ones that stand out. But I mean, I think as a whole, that was kind of the theme. I mean, everyone but Kemba, um, and Kemba was a little bit the, of the anomaly because he made that big jump and and improved in everything across the board while still um, doing more than he did the previous year. So everyone else had a bit of a backslide. Um, again, if you look at the, the the numbers, that may not bear out. They're they're almost identical. But, um, you know, didn't get enough from Marvin Williams early on. Uh, Nick Batum was a little too inconsistent. And then, of course, the bench um, did not give the consistent help that they hoped it would, um, especially when you compare it with that unit that really helped them make the playoff push last year. I think when you look back to the offseason, there were no notions that this team was going to compete at the same level as the team uh, last season. I think that they expected a dip in offense and their goal was to play, you know, top five defense to sort of compensate for that. But I don't think that anyone really had a notion that they were going to, you know, outperform the 48 win season prior. Uh, but at the same time, they certainly didn't expect to play, you know, middle of the road. Uh, I believe they finished ranked 16 in defense. I don't think anyone expected that. And I think that's where, you know, sort of the missed opportunities come in. And of course, you know, they sustained that injury to Cody Zeller. And I just think it, it just sort of showed all season how fragile this team really was that, you know, not having the starting lineup was so devastating to their record. Uh, I think just goes to show you sort of the bet they made on that starting lineup and the sacrifices that they had to make uh, to get there. Uh, we yeah. did in those two games, David. We did get a glimpse of life without Kimball Walker, and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it anytime soon. I mean, put that guy <laughs> in a cryogenic chamber, freeze him. No one touch him uh, for a couple months. Yeah, stay stay clear of him. You mentioned the Cody Zeller injury, Doug, and I've seen a lot lately of. The notion that, hey, if this team can't get by with, you know, Cody Zeller missing, what was the total games he missed? Like 12 or so? I'll look that up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a, good, a chunk of the, of the season there, then then that's then they should be better than that. And on the one hand, yeah, they should. But that's how this team was put together. I mean, Cody Zeller on any other team I don't think has the same impact as he does here. 
um, the margin for error was so small. So I definitely get that notion. It's not like, you know, uh, Kyle Lowry going down or, you know, some other superstar player for a team. But for this team, for this starting five in particular, um, it did hurt. Um, so they had to recover from that. And they didn't have the depth behind them to do that. So that was a, a key thing. But again, injuries were a piece of it, Doug. And we should note that, you know, the Hornets are by far or, or, or are not, you know, I don't think one of the most injured teams would you, when you look at guys that miss time, miss minutes. I mean, there were teams that, that were hit by the injury bug a lot harder. So you can't lay it all on that. It's just that, you know, when you couple that with the lack of depth. And then the defense you mentioned, I mean, that that's the big head scratcher, right? Um, that's not something you expect. Uh, the message, I'm sure, has not changed a whole lot, you know, with Steve Clifford and staff. So that's the one where I don't think people can really figure it out. Like, why did that defense drop off when you got Michael Kidd Gilchrist back? Right. I mean, that was the big thing going into the season. It's like they're getting a free agent. They're getting MKG back. Um, and they were able to do yeah. and they were able to produce those defensive teams really without him for a large part in previous years. So that's the that's the oddity that I think a lot of people are looking at. 20 games was the total number of games, games that Cody go. Zeller missed. Not one injury either. Missed uh, three to right shoulder soreness, three to concussion protocol, one Significant to illness. Significant portion, I think, you know. Seven to quad contusion, and then six Sheesh. to quad soreness. So the quad, the majority, the bulk of the injuries, but the Hornets were 3-17 and 17 in games that he missed this season. Yeah, significant, yeah. significantly worse. And that's why I think that, you know, you factor him in and – and maybe, I don't know, half of those or three-quarter of those, right? You you pick up – I mean, I just think it, it stands to reason. You pick up a handful maybe yep. of more wins, and that puts you right in the, the, the playoff mix. So, I mean, th- that is a, a big difference. It's not the only thing, but certainly a big piece. And some good news, David. Captain Kurt, Locked On Hornets' own Captain Kurt, and, of course, he is the star of the Hornets Gifts Twitter account. Got a shout-out from Steph Reddy, and we got to hear her hit the, the ba – for Lambo. It's beautiful. <laughs> Making our impact. We've made our mark on on this Hornet season, I feel like, uh, the, whole, the entire <laughs> team here. Hey, you mentioned the defensive situation for the Hornets. Very confusing this season. The only thing more confusing, David, is buying and selling tickets online for sports and concerts. It's been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been very difficult to find the best deal for that game or show that you want to go to. And the problem is that none of these older ticket sites want to do anything about it. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. And with this uh, free SeatGeek app, my goodness, it's even easier. It's the only app that I use on my phone. Uh, I Actually, I just used it uh, last night to go see... I'm going to admit something. I did not watch the game last night. What? what, what, what? <laughs> it's the one game that I skipped uh, because I had a chance. Uh, Katie's going out of town, and we had the chance to go see Hedwig and the Hangry Inch at uh, Night Theater here in Charlotte. Fantastic show. I used my SeatGeek app. We're going to go see some Charlotte Knights games now that they're back in action. Yeah. Going to use the SeatGeek app for that as well because 
It tells you where the best deals are. It tells you where you can save the most money. And here's the best part. Our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. Enter promo code LOHORNETS. That's L-O-HORNETS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOHORNETS today because, look, the Hornets aren't playing anymore. You're going to have some time on your hands. You can you can go see other things. You can go see a off-Broadway show like I did. Use the SeatGeek app. Okay, it's time to talk about... This is going to be fun because we get to talk about Kimba Walker. And he's David, he's had such a fantastic season. An and almost record-breaking season. A lot of second-place finishes for Kimba Walker, but there have been so many that it makes it pretty... Pretty significant. Um, he finished second in most points for a single season. He finished second in most three pointers made for a single season. And those most points, that's total and points per game. He finished with 23.2 on the season, a season in which he was selected as an NBA All Star. Where do we start with Kimba Walker? Oh, man, anywhere you want, Doug. He was up across the board. That's something we kind of highlighted all along the way. Usage up, attempts up, percentages up, points up, you know, shooting up. Um, Blessings that's up. Something, yes, that's something you see from, like, the cream of the crop, I feel like, uh, superstars in this league. I mean, asked to do more, doing more, and getting better at doing it. That was the question going into the season. Could he make that jump again? Yeah, and, that, well, that, let's start there because, you know, before this season, I think we were starting to question, like, Kimba made such a significant leap uh, last season – that our question in the offseason was, what what can he do? What can he possibly mm-hmm. improve on after making such a significant leap? We mentioned the his three-point shooting percentage. Said, well, you know, he's, he's shooting more threes, he's making more threes, but that percentage could probably stand to improve. Well, he nearly shot 40% from three. He did it. And, uh, it's crazy. And, and, and really, you heard a lot in this season about – the work that he put in, the time in the gym, and that was it. I mean, that's all you can point to, right? Um, I think that's what garnered him so much respect across the league was they saw the work that he was putting in, they saw the improvements he was making, uh, and his toughness. I mean, um, let's see here. The thing that stood out to me, Doug, was, you know, last year he had that 50-point game on MLK Day, right? Right. Um, and this season, there wasn't a 50-point game, uh, so that's one thing he Only did. Only had do, 140-point game. Right, but exactly. A lot of 30 but point games. a lot of thirty-point games, and those jumped up uh, from earlier in his career. So, I did have some notes for you, Doug. Because I love it. I know how <laughs> give you, me, you give me the. You I'll tell you. I'll tell you one interesting note I found about his thirty-point games or his scoring in general is that the Hornets lost his top six scoring performances. They lost the yeah. game. Interesting. That is interesting. Not his fault. I'm not going to put that it's on. Not a, but, that's not uh, a fun stat, here, here, but that is, here my, that is here what my it numbers is. for you, Doug. All right, okay? give them to me. 2012-2013, uh-huh. four 30-point games. Yeah. The next year, five 30-point games. Okay. The following point, the following year, four 30-point games, one 40-point game. Last yeah, year, a trend, yeah. Last year, 11 games of 30 points, one of 50, one of 40. It's a this jump. year, 15 games of 30 or more points with one of those 40 point games mixed in for good measure. So that was the theme for me. It was a, it was, it was a nightly thing for Kemba this year. You know, there, there were the highlight plays. There were the, you know, your step back jumpers, but 
I think that All Star bid really, yeah, um, was 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 kind of the, it was an overall season for him, right? I mean, he had his highs, but it was consistency, and and it was consistency at a really high level. Not even not only consistency, but I think he find he put his entire scoring package together this season. So he increased his three point percentage. He increased his production from beyond the arc, but he also. Matt, I mean, I thought his handle was so much better this season. His ball control, his ability mm, yeah. to move defenses in the pick and roll, so much better. He averaged uh, 12 points per game in pick and roll ball handler situations this season. That led the league. Guys like James Harden, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, all in that list. And we talked to Steph Reddy a few shows ago about what makes him so dangerous in those pick and roll situations because he just has that. Uh, he just he just knows that timing with guys like Cody Zeller and Frank Kaminsky setting those picks, and and he uses that to get either get by a defender or pull up. I mean, it doesn't matter. That's the thing. This season, it has not mattered whether or not a defender went over or under a screen. Kimball Walker was going to knock down the shot or drive into the lane and finish. And and his finishing ability around the rim significantly better than it has been um, in previous seasons. So, yeah, I mean, we just saw Kemba Walker uh, improve every aspect of his offensive game, and it led to his all-star bid. Yeah, exactly. And let's not forget, all-star Saturday night, right? made a surprising push for the three-point finals. One of the best moments which, of his season. Which was fun. Which was fun for everyone. I mean, not one, not one of the guys a lot of people picked, and uh, he, he made a, a big push at it. So that was pretty cool, played in his first All-Star game as well. I mean, honestly, looking back, Doug, that was one of the big accomplishments, I think, for him, for the city, for the team, I think that we were looking for. So it was nice to have one of those things actually happen. I mean, it was a, it was a cool moment. Well, can you imagine looking back on this season had it not no. happened? I mean, you you oh, don't God. make the playoffs. You don't have anything to hang your hat on. I think that you know this team has something to hang its hat on in Kimball yeah. Walker this season. He did. He finished the season, David. I'm I'm getting the most out of my Synergy subscription. While I, they were supposed to cut me off, I hope they're not listening. But I I still have it. I'm not paying for it. Um, <laughs> But he finished the season with a 1.021 points per possession in the half court. That landed him in the 82nd percentile. That's very good. I mean, anything over you know 0.95 is considered above average, and he's hitting a 1.021 points per possession in half court situations. Um, yeah, he's just finding he found different ways to score this season. Not only getting to the rim, not only a three point shot, but his command of his uh, dribble maneuvers, his hesitations, his step backs, and his mid range game uh, even slightly improved as well. Uh, let's talk about some other moments. Um, how about when Kimba put his head down and put poor Ish Smith of the Detroit Pistons on the ground with a step back? And then I swear to God, David, he was staring at Ish Smith on the ground the whole time that he shot the mid range jumper and he made it that was a fun moment um probably his best move of the season was in the first matchup against the Atlanta Hawks in Charlotte I don't know if you remember this one David in transition he uses the inside out dribble to cross up Dennis Schroeder and he crosses Schroeder into the Cody Zeller pick and then puts Mike Muscala in the spin cycle and finishes for the deuce that was his I need to post it on Twitter. It was his finest move of the season. It made the, the pre-All-Star highlight reel. 
Yeah, I did that so many times. I mean, you know, I was able to get in. You mentioned his ability to finish in the lane. He really developed that quick scoop shot, right? I mean, that was, if you're thinking about a signature shot from him and you're not thinking about that step back or the crossover, his ability to get by a big guy and get that shot up on the glass before they can react, I mean, that is lightning quick. And not many guys uh, can get back there and, and challenge that shot. So, that was one of his key tools uh, this year, and it was nice to see him kind of um, – we talked about it at a certain point in the season, like, you know, trying to avoid taking so many hard hits in the lane, right? Um, but but being able to absorb a little contact, brace himself, and, and still finish because I do think he was able to stay in a lot of games. I mean, shoot, they're resting him now uh, for good reason. But, I mean, I was able to stay pretty healthy this year. And I think that was 79 games. You know? I mean, there's not, you can't, yeah. you can't and look out, look at him, look at his stature. Right. I mean, he and Isaiah Thomas, I think are the guys that come up when you think about those little guys, I think Kemba is far and away better than a better defensive player uh, for his team than Isaiah Thomas. So um, that's another piece of it that I think a lot of people don't see. Uh, best game of the year. I've got two candidates here. November 11th, mm. the Raptors visit Charlotte. Both teams were six and two at the time. Kimba scores 40 points, grabs 10 boards and 7 assists, but it did come in a loss. That was the game, David, we're, we're rewinding all the way back to November when DeMar DeRozan was scoring 40 points a game on mid-range jumpers. That cooled sure. off That cooled off a bit. Uh, but he absolutely took over that fourth quarter and won the game. But Kimba um, had, uh, I mean, and really I think he only, he scored like that last second three that really didn't matter. But he only so really if you take that away, he only scored two points in the fourth quarter. So he did so much of his work in the first three quarters, ends up in the game with forty points. Um, if you want to win, because I, like I said, actually the Hornets lost Kimba's top seven scoring games. Uh, you'd have to go to Raptors at Hornets on January twentieth. Kimba Walker scores thirty four. 16 of those in a decisive third quarter. He played well against Toronto this season. Did not uh, did not hold back against one of the Typically best teams. Does, yeah, yeah, no, he's, yeah, exactly. Especially with the Raptors visit Charlotte, something about Charlotte that uh, Toronto can't get over. Um, okay, best. We're gonna do best drops for each player, courtesy of Captain Kurt and at Hornets Gifts. So here's the first. Both of these are from Eric Collins. Here's the first one. <laughs> and the second one. It's Kemba. Oh yes. That one's going to be tough to beat. <laughs> you know, the game that comes to mind for me was yet another loss, but uh, that's, <laughs> right. that Spurs game yeah. early in the season on national Absolutely. TV, when Kemba just made it happen, the comeback that he was uh, a big part of hit, a, hit some big shots down the, down the stretch. That was the first time I remember thinking, man, I, I just don't know how he's making these plays. I don't know how he's converting these baskets when you have to have one or the game is over, and he, he did it in that game, like I said, against the Spurs on national TV. Um, so that one will resonate for me just because I think it was, he likes the stage. He likes the big stage. We know that. Uh, but he's able to, pr- to produce at that high rate now so consistently, and you can count on him. Um, and, and that one was, for me, an example of that. Yeah, he played, he played really well on national TV this yeah. season. I'm trying to find out. How many games? Two or three? Not many, but... He did play well in those games. I know the the yeah. game against Indiana, they won one hundred to eighty eight. He had twenty eight, seven and six. I mean, on ten of twenty two shooting. 
not much better than that. I'm trying to find the Golden State game and how he played in that one. Nah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, okay, here's the big question, David. Is there – we'll ask the same question we asked last offseason. Is there any more that he can do to improve and help this team win? I mean, I feel like he's given – you know, he's improved so much over these past two seasons, but let's pick some nits. I mean, are there some things that he can do to to continue to improve this team? Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking, Doug, do you have some? I have one. I mean, and again, this is such a small thing, but I feel like, I feel like defensive consistency. Um, Kimball Walker was no slouch on defense this season. According to Synergy, he didn't allow over one point per possession in any major play type and held opponents to point eight on pick and roll ball handler plays. And that's, you know, if you know, you know, the NBA, it's all pick and roll, all pick and roll ball handler. So um, he was really holding teams under on that play. He didn't get caught in or under picks any more than his counterparts in the East, guys like John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, Kyle Lowry. I mean, he was, you know, going over picks, doing his best to stay involved. Uh, he did get beat on a lot of off-screen stuff, ball screen or off-ball screen stuff. Um, so maybe there's a there's an area that he could slightly improve. But he certainly wasn't afraid to give up his body, take a charge this season. Had 28 charges taken. That was good for third to Maurice oh, Bates yeah. and Ilya Sova. You mentioned the charges. Yeah, yeah that's those a, are big guys. Well, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't. That's your move. That's your thing. <laughs> I respect um, for it. But after the All-Star break, David, I thought he did have a few lackluster defensive performances. I look back to April 5th, critical game against the Miami Heat. Goran Dragic ran wild, catches Kimba flat-footed on a drive. Walker gets screened out of multiple plays, allowing Dragic to penetrate, score, and kick. He finished with 33 and 4 assists on that night. Again, it was a crucial game. Uh, John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving all had big nights against Kemba this season. And, you know, those are all... They're all all-star caliber players. I mean, you expect them to have good nights, and you really you look to Kemba to kind of compensate with his offense, and most most nights he was able to do that. But you'd like to see Kemba Walker win one of those battles defensively every once in a while, though it's not going to keep him out of any conversation in terms of all-star, because look at Kyrie Irving. I mean, that guy right. can't that guy can play defense at all. Uh, and Isaiah Thomas, same thing. He struggles with defense, and as you said, the the stats back it up. Kemba Walker um, better on defense than Isaiah Thomas for sure. But there was the what really bothered me after the All Star break were, and, and this is nothing that Kemba Walker didn't bring up in post games. Uh, you know, talking about his own. You know, it starts with him. Defensive toughness, defensive intensity. It just wasn't at its maximum level late in the season when you needed it to be because of the situation that the Hornets were in. I think back to Corey Joseph in the loss to Toronto getting 18. Uh, Alfred Payton had a very efficient 15 and was able to get into the lane basically at will and um, had double-digit assist in that game. And then Dennis Schroeder late in the season, 20 points, three triples on him on March 20th in a loss to the Hawks. Um, And then finally... Letting non-calls around the rim keep him from staying locked in. You know, he, we we talked a lot last season and the season prior about him having a problem searching for contact and instead of focusing focusing on finishing around the rim. He's kind of gotten rid of that. He doesn't search for contact anymore. He does go into the rim, you know, looking to score, uh, but I think he's still searching for calls, and I think it takes him out of games. Would you agree with that, David? 
Sometimes. Yeah, and moments. And moments. And moments. I mean, some, some, some bad, of them I told you, are, these are small things because, I mean, look, the, the, this, this Hornets team needs the other players to improve. Yeah, I exactly. think Kimba's doing everything <laughs> yeah. he can, but if we're examining we'll just him, on, let's talk we'll about that. We'll get longer that. on some other guys. We'll get longer on some yeah. other guys, I think. Yeah. I mean, at times, for sure. I also think it can be frustrating at times. I'd also think that he's certainly getting more calls than he did earlier in his career, but you're not going to get all of them, right? And 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 so many times this season, every – it seems like every situation was important for the Hornets, right? Like there weren't a lot of blowout games. So any, any, any stoppage, not stoppage in play, but anytime he's uh, arguing with the officials a little bit or protesting while the play's going on, or just, you know, like you said, kind of getting, let it get in his head for a second. Um, certainly you could, you could ask him not to do that, I guess, but he just did so, <laughs> did so much. And, well, and this he, year. he really so embraced without Jefferson's departure, I'll say this for Kimball Walker. This will be the final thing. He surprised me in how much he embraced the leadership role on and off the court. Um, you know, speaking to the media, taking accountability, um, and really inspiring this team night after night. Uh, that's what impressed me most about Kimball Walker's season. And I hope that translates to the offseason because you heard Steve Clifford, very um, candid as he always is last night, talking about wanting to see players in Charlotte this summer focusing on their game with yeah. these coaches. And and you know that Kimba Walker Batum. is historically one of those guys to do that, and you hope that he can inspire some other players like Nick Batum, um, you know, like some of these bench players that are going to hang around, like a Frank Kaminsky. Encourage them to stay in Charlotte, stay with the team, not the entire summer, but just stay with the team somewhat and and really focus on turning this thing around because David I think it's it's playoff series win or bust next season. Making Oof. the playoffs would have been okay this season. You didn't have to yeah. win a playoff series, but they made the bet on the starting lineup and it, I think it's put up or shut up time. It's, you know, 3 years into this plan of winning a playoff series it's going to be put up or shut up time for the Hornets next season. So I think that's a, a good point you hit on, and that would be the one for me that I'd like to see him improve on. And I think he can now take on the full alpha dog role, right? Like he's got the all-star credentials behind him. He's clearly the man on this team. It's clearly his team now. And so I think that he's 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 earned the right, and he now has the responsibility to lead like that. And And you're right. It starts right now. Um, so, so vocally, and I think by example, shouldn't be a problem, but, you know, Nick Batum, like you said, sticking around, um, this off season, but, you know, in the games, in the middle of the season, like you, you can't afford to have the lapses that they did so many times this season. And some of that's on the coaching, but not, you know, in my eyes with an experienced group with a leader like Kimba, there were too many of those, um, stretches where there were the intensity wasn't there either a to start the game or finish the game so that would be what i'd look for for kimba next year to you know shake it up a little bit and be the guy that demands more from his teammates i think all right that'll do it for us here on this edition of locked on hornets here on the locked on podcast network thanks so much for listening follow us on twitter subscribe and rate us on itunes and shoot us your hornets questions and thoughts to buzz buzz at lockedonhornets.com. We're back tomorrow with another player recap. Plus, uh, I've been doing some interviews with uh, some editors and writers around SB Nation. Of course, we are 
uh, part of SB Nation's Hornets coverage with AtTheHive.com. But I've been doing some interviews with them about uh, these draft prospects. So maybe maybe I'll release one tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe. you got to tune in to find out. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked on Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m.